welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 279. Linz is with me, and then we have this, like, weird voice that's just coming out of, like, somewhere, because... I know what it is. He follows me around constantly. Except for the last month and a half, two months, when he's been upset with me. But we have Josh returning. Thank you, Josh, for, (laughs) for being here. You're welcome, Tony. In fact... You're the smartest person I've ever met. I'm so glad to have met you. Why, thank Why you, Josh. Why does Josh sound like Mickey Mouse all of a sudden? I don't know. <laughs> well, I was saying it as if Josh said it. I'm pretty sure the listeners are really thinking that was Josh. I did such a good you impression did. of Josh. You did. But Josh was here at one point or another. But let's get into what we talked about. Uh, I reviewed uh, Generations, uh, Iron Man, and Ironheart. I yeah. reviewed... I was saying, Josh, yeah, shut up. <laughs> Four kids walk into a bank, number five. I also kind of talked a little bit about Batman number 30 and my love for Kite Man. Yes. His tragic backstory. Talked a little bit of Star Wars stuff. Yes, some X-Force director news. Um, And I don't know. There's Ronan. Some... Yeah, just leave Ronan. it at that. Just leave right. it at that. So sit back, uh, grab a drink, and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 279. I'm the smartest person in the room. Fucking time. Woo! That was an uninteresting hour spent. You loved it. You love every minute spending an hour with me. Since Josh is really, <laughs> really long, awkward silence. Well, Josh hasn't been on the podcast forever because he 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 was grounded. Oh, was he? Yeah. I thought self-imposed. That- I'm really tempted to just not talk and act like you guys are just pretending. Uh, we that's already been do like, done. Do, do once. you like my good impression of Josh yeah. that I just did? It's already been done once by me. So they did an entire intro to a podcast with me not talking, mm. saying I was here, and I was. And then we also did a entire podcast of my brother showing up towards the end, and he said one or two things. Yes. And then, he, then we, as we record the beginnings, always we had him just do that, and then make it seem like he was just sitting in the room the whole time, not saying anything. We're such tricksters. Yeah. <laughs> Bird. Yeah. Sing. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's mock. Yeah, bird. Yeah. Yeah, mocking bird. Yeah. Mocking bird. Have you heard? Are we recording? Yes. (laughs) I thought we were. And then the conversation totally went off the rails and seemed very casual for us. So I got really confused about what was going on. That will never get old. (laughs) Want to hit record and... I assumed. Have people just realize this is how we normally talk with or without microphones. Yeah, it's true. We just yell at each other. Constantly. Constantly. We're like a dysfunctional marriage. I would put me as the child of the group. Yes, I would too. <laughs> so you're going to be the mom. Hey. Okay. Josh is more of no, a he's older... Looking at, he's looking at me when he said that. Oh. <laughs> Josh is the mom. <laughs> yeah. Derek Ray is the dad. The one that went out for cigarettes 20 years ago and never came back. (laughs) Started a whole nother family. (laughs) Oh, that's too funny. Do we have any comic book people, like, not people, but like comic book characters that have had any of that? Like, that's like a a norm a joke that's always been around but are there comic book heroes that have had that happen 
Where their like, parents left yeah, for just cigarettes? Like, yeah, they just walked out and never came out. I'm like, sure there are. Probably I feel maybe. Like that has to have been. I almost feel like, though, that's Wolverine's the. dad. Well, no, he, that. They didn't went have down. stores when Wolverine was born. <laughs> that's the worst part about it. Ultimately, <laughs> going out for a pack of cigarettes. What's a pack of cigarettes? <laughs> I feel like that's almost so, like, for a villain, though, like, part of how they um, came about. Like, maybe, like, a hero, though, like, maybe an angsty hero. Yeah. But not one that I can really put my finger on of anyone that's parents just walked away. Parents, I, feel... I mean, parents die all the time. I mean, that's <laughs> that's a way to be a hero. Yeah. <laughs> not really going well, out. But having your parent just abandon you. I feel like that would be uh, for Dr. First World Problems. <laughs> Dr. First World Problems. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it almost seems, though, too, like that's... I, I'm trying to like form formulate in my head of like how that would be f- like they, they would reconnect at some point if that happened like not that they just that's the part of the story is oh yeah and I haven't seen my dad in years and then all of a sudden like that's gonna come round Robin almost if it's the story not just uh the joke of he just went out for the pack of smokes well you got um Cyclops's dad. Corsair, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't technically go out and just get cigarettes. He just no. went out to go bang space babes. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> he left all those kids all by themselves. No wonder they grew up the way they did. <laughs> and he did eventually come back. He did. So mm-hmm. that is perfect. Hey, there's there's not much, many more I can I can think of. There's uh, along the same line actually was the uh, the space lord. Or Star, oh, Lord. Star Lord. Oh, see, but with, with Ego, Ego, the Living Planet wasn't his dad in the comic books. That was, oh, was that it? was a plot, one hundred percent, just for the movie. Oh. Which was still good. It was that a was bit, a yeah, good, good yeah. part. Well, who was his dad in the J- comic? Jason, Los Bartox, the the king emperor of the planet. Yeah, but, Simil- similar. Well, it's been recon. It's been recon a couple so, times because yeah. he was the last one, and then he found out. Oh. The Empire's still there, and then, oh, my dad's still alive, and then, oh, I'm pretty much like a prince. But still, so the dad banged his mom and then left. Pretty much so, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but he didn't really know his dad. I mean, at least Cyclops kind of knew his dad. Yeah. Yeah. For a bit before. Tiny little bit. Most of the time, though, it's just the dads being assholes. I mean, and then Cyclops did it to his kid. I mean... He just left cable in the future. Like, going back in time to get some smokes when they're cheaper. When they still created smokes. Oh. Yep. Instead of just vaporizers. I don't, how do we get on this tangent? Oh, oh we're one big happy family. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and Derek Ray abandoned us. Yes, he did. All right. Did you read any comic books this week, sir? Um, yes, I did. Why don't you talk about one of them? All right. Were there multiples this week? Uh, well, one I didn't get all the way through. I might talk briefly on. But, the all right. So, these generation books have been great up until this point. Okay. I have enjoyed them all. Uh, but the Generations, uh, Iron Man and Ironheart, mm, okay. which by the way, like I, I honestly gave up reading Iron Man uh, around the Civil War thing because it was just annoying as shit and he turned back into kind of being this, you know, he wasn't really an alcoholic, but he's just been a, a dick. But I, I love and everything that, that is going on with Riri and I love when we first complained about it. Don't call her Iron Man because she's a woman. Right. Iron woman. Iron Heart is an awesome freaking name. Totally sounds like a Care Bear. Oh yeah. <laughs> and everything that's been going on within those books with uh, AI Tony because he's still kind of dead in a coma from the Civil War event. Right. Which was that only like? It wasn't last year, was it? Is it just spring? It was in the spring. Yeah. Yeah. So because only a couple year, months ago. Last year was Secret Wars. That was last winter. Yeah. Was it, wait, no. That was two winters it was, ago. It was fall. No, it was last fall, I thought. Was it really? I thought so. No, I think it's been two years. It's definitely been two years since Secret Wars. 
Mm. We've already had three retcons since then of renumbering, <laughs> so I know for a fact that was two years ago. Regardless of when Civil War was and when Iron Man died, I thought this would be a good jumping on point to see, uh, you know, the relationship between the two, having not read it. And where some of the other gener- generations books have been far flung into the past, Riri gets sent to the future. Oh, now it's an M Night Shyamalan level twist. Yeah, and I will say this with with the book, uh, the art, it's hit and miss, and that's the one thing that I'm really disappointed in was how some pages could look so good and other pages. It, All from the same artist? Mm-hmm. Weird. And, I don't know. But Bendis wrote this. So let's get to more of the structure of the story. Do you know my, my love-hate relationship yes. with Bendis? You, you, mostly, know, you mostly hate him. But do you know why because I Because he ruined him? Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, well that's something that I totally forgot about until you just <laughs> reminded me of it. My love for him was when he was when he had the vision. He was kind of like a, a world builder. He had some visions of doing some events, and even his books when he was on the the New Avengers. Th- he's really good at at writing how people normally talk. If all of a sudden a building blew up and two superheroes are talking, or if we were talking, we'd, we'd be like, "We got to get out of here and stuff," and like that. Holy shit! Did you see that and stuff? That seems more real than them just saying, hey, I think it was Dr. Doom. Let's go there. You know, how there's a difference in dialogue and how some stories don't work so well with that. Bendis has been great with that. And it's gone to his head to where his word salads take up entire pages. <laughs> word salads. Oh, it's it's really annoying, to tell you the truth. Um, this is just Tony complaining because there's too many words for him to read. <laughs> Oh, and there were, so that's also partly why there was a difference in opinion on the art. There was Marco Rudy, there was Sisman uh, Kudransky, and Nico Leon all doing pencils, um, along with a bunch of other ones doing art as well in there. This whole book had a bunch of people. Oh, so there were different artists on it. Which sometimes Sometimes you can't tell, and that makes it good. And sometimes you can, and that makes it good, but most of the time, if they're not congruent, it looks terrible. Yes. But going back to the word salad and, and these word balloons that fill up... With word salad? ...full pages, which <laughs> blocks the art. I mean, artists usually Turns know... Into page salad? Yes. <laughs> Paper salad. Yeah. <laughs> artists usually know where there's going to be some dialogue balloons and everything, but with Bendis, like, I don't think they realize that it's going to go... And also the letterer that has to, like, put these things on the page and how it's going to kind of flow like that. Some of them, like, I seriously went around a curve to get back to the person talking because his dialogue has a lot of the little balloons so that you kind of have to go from one to then realize the other one interrupted and paused here to then this person talk to then this one. It, it really was disconcerting because I... I don't feel like I got to know the characters. Um, when Riri is like spouting off some theory, some thought, to make it feel like this is how they normally talk, does she normally talk like that? Well, she's I, super smart, so maybe. But a lot of the other books have internal dialogue. Mm. I'm thinking this. I'm not talking out loud. A to the time squared to the B is going to make this fusion core react with this ah. love, which then... Is she Which, talking to Tony Stark when she's saying Well, she's this? talking to Tony, yes. Because I could see where you would in, normally internalize that stuff if you're the smartest person in the room. But if there's another smartest person in the room also in the room, then you might want to converse your ideas with them. Here's the other biggest thing along something with... something like that. <laughs> I followed your, okay. followed your dialogue tree. Here's the Literally other... You two are the smartest people in this room. Yeah. <laughs> You're just internalizing. You think you're the smartest person in the room. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> this is the future. Tony Stark is 126 years old. Jesus. For a man with heart troubles, that's pretty old. He's now the Sorcerer Supreme. Oh. That was an interesting kind of twist of this future 
because not all futures are the same. If they haven't learned that this isn't the future that's going to exactly happen, they have not been a superhero that long because most futures timelines die out. But in this future with him being that was kind of interesting. And with his facial goatee and everything, he kind of just looked like... Stephen Strange? Yes. Yes. They are um, very similar looking. And Well, and as in one of my favorite panels that uh, Bendis did say, uh, they were uh, stash bros or goatee bros or something. <laughs> Fist bump. Beard brothers. Yes. But with this, it, we have a little bit like a tension with uh, Morgana Le Fay, who Iron Man has battled multiple times before. I always like the the magic versus uh, technology that they've always kind of sometimes thrown in with the Mandarin and, and the Ten Rings, how that's magic uh, going against suits and everything. But with this, it just felt more contrived and not needed than anything. The other books, I thought, all taught a lesson to them. And mm. the lesson in this was... Tony's like, yeah, you're the, you know, you're the smartest in the galaxy. And she's like, really? And he's like, whoops. Like, okay, oh. so you're setting her up as being one of the smartest people. Cool. But you're, you need, she needs inspiration. So she needs to go to the future from you to tell her that she's, that this will all come to pass if she keeps building. I don't feel like that's her character right now. Right. But then again, I didn't really get her character because her character is just, you know, kind of talk, talk, talk. Yeah. All day long. So I wonder what her learning that she's the smartest person in the universe. In the universe, you said? Well, it said galaxy, but... In the ga- But still, bigger. yeah. Um, Was, is, is a galaxy bigger than you? Yeah, okay, yeah. Galaxies, yeah. Whole universes. Yeah. Yep. Except for, well, you know, when they say universes, though, that's usually all-encompassing for them, because the multiverse... True. Either way. <laughs> Semantics. Yeah. Uh, how that's gonna? This would be dialogue for Bendis. We would be saying that <laughs> in his book. And Josh is still over here thinking, "I'm still the smartest person in this room." Um, I wonder how that's gonna change her personality. Like, is it gonna give her a huge ego? Is she gonna turn into a bitch? I was gonna say cunt, but you don't like me saying that word. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't see. And why would you even say that about? No, that would not happen with her. Um, you say that, but if I learned I was the smartest person in the universe, I would be a huge bitch. I'm already kind of a bitch. I would be a huge bitch if I was the smartest person in the universe because everybody else would be dumber than me. And Josh is just like, she thinks it a lot, though. Yeah. <laughs> I do not. So all in all, I there were a few gorgeous panels, but just the dialogue, the whole story of the reason why like i would have liked even her being sent to the past of uh tony first starting out Mm. or especially the the demon days when he was an alcoholic and her like going in and like trying to like fix that now with what is said these all have happened so with the thor one with the hawkeye like these are all like interactions I don't know then, like, it'd be kind of hard because those were big memories in Tony's life that he would probably then remember another mm-hmm. suited person. Right. So I see why they did it in a future for Especially her to remember. Especially with her suit, because her suit's yeah. super modern. But even then, maybe she's just a, a bystander that doesn't need her suit then, or she makes a, or, I don't know, I'm just thinking of better things that I could do than Bendis and his, ah, uh, so... <laughs> Back on the ben, Bendis hating train. Bendis hating train. Yes. Poor Bendis. What you got? Rich Bendis. Poor Rich <laughs> <Yes>. Bendis. <laughs> you know he listens to our podcast every week and cries. Mm-hmm. But he still loves hearing his name though. Yes, yeah. that's true. All right, what you got? Um, so this week I read Four Kids Walk Into a Bank, number five which is the finale of the series. Um, I don't know. You guys have not been reading this. I think you read the first one, right, Tony? Mm-hmm. We read the first two. Yeah. This book is amazing. So it's a Black Mask book, of course. I fucking love Black Mask books. I don't know what it is about the writers and the artists that they've been getting lately, but this shit is just on point. Um, but this is written by Matthew Rosenberg. 
Um, and the art and design is by Tyler Boss. Boss. Tyler Boss. Uh, the art in this book is very important. It's the it's super graphic. So much of the storytelling relies on the art. Each book in the series starts with a play on something that you would do as a kid. So like in the first one, they were playing D&D. And it shows them all as their D&D characters interacting. In the second one, it, they were in a video game. In the third one, they were racing cars. So like it showed them interacting as cars. Um, in this last one, they were all toys. So like one of them was a Transformer. Air quotes, because... They couldn't use the name Transformer. Did they use GoBots? No. <laughs> I can't Power re- Rangers. I can't remember what it is Voltron. they called them. It was like Changeo cars or something really <laughs> generic like that. But so this series has been throughout just it gets each issue gets better and better and better and better, which is really hard to do in five issues of a comic book. Um, especially when you're planning on doing the whole run in five issues. That's a lot of story to pack into five. Um, I'm not going to talk about the plot of the fifth one because it's the end and I don't want to ruin it for anybody. Um, but I will just say that... Do they walk into a bank? (laughs) They do end up walking into a bank. What? Spoilers! And it's funny because in, like, issue three, when they finally show, like, a shot of the bank, the kids are, like, standing outside the bank casing it. And in little, in a little word box, text box in the corner, it says... Finally, the bank. <laughs> so, and there's just, there's fun stuff like that in this whole series. There's one point where Paige beats up a kid in a, um, like, an arcade pizza place, and she hits him in the face with one of those uh, pans that you get pizza on, like the pedestals. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah. And she hits him in the face with that, and, like, the word, action word they use is sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought that was really just little things like that in this book that make it really, really awesome. Um, but Paige is a great main character. She's super smart. She's always outwitting these stupid guys that are planning to rob the bank. Um, spoiler alert, not about the end, but in the middle. Her dad ends up being one of the guys who's going to be robbing the bank. He has ties to the to the bad guys that show up at the beginning of this book. Um so she makes it her mission about halfway through the book to stop trying to go after these bad guys because she thinks they're harassing her dad for no reason to trying to stop her dad from robbing the bank. Because her mother is gone. She died. So if she loses her dad, what happens to her? Plus, it's her dad. So she, I guess she loves him. I don't know. but <laughs> So the, the plot kind of turns halfway in the middle and... And her plan to keep her dad from robbing the bank is to rob the bank herself with her friends. So it's very. Is it, I mean, that though, that seems a little forced. And you would think so, but the way that this girl thinks is amazing. And the way they write it in the book, it's totally believable. She's just very cunning. Like everything she comes up with are ideas that 12 year olds would have with like a twist. Like, she's just very good at thinking on her feet, and she has no fear, which is the most important part. Um, it's just the, it's just such a good book, and I totally, highly recommend anybody read it. The ending blew my mind, because it did not turn out the way I thought a plot like this would turn out. It took kind of a little bit of a turn, like, almost immediately, um... And they, they structure the last book. You see what happens at the end, but it almost looks like a fantasy. You have no idea what's going on. There's people in costumes. There's flying going through the air in a van going on. There's all kinds of just weird shit going on on the panels. And you're like, she must be dreaming or something. But then they flip back to what happened earlier. And by the time you get to the end, you're like, oh, all of this is totally makes sense now. Which was pretty cool. But um, I I can't say much more without giving it away. But I really love this book. I'm sad that it's ending. But I'm excited because Matt Rosenberg writes amazing things all the time. So that means he's going to move on to something else and write something else. But definitely, 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 definitely pick this up. Because it's worth the read. It's so fun. If you're a kid of the 80s, you'll fucking love it. Because it makes so many references to that stuff. If you're a nerdy kid, it's great. 
because these kids are all nerds of different kinds. So you can attach yourself to one of them and make them your, your little hero or whatever. Um, there's even an annoying, pudgy, obnoxious kid like you have in every single group of friends, right? In the 80s, yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think that was Strang- part Stranger of... Things. I think yeah. that was part of the trope, wasn't it? Like in, uh, what, what was that, Jerry, with Jerry O'Connell? Uh, Stand By Me. Stand By Me. Where Jerry O'Connell... Goonies. Goonies. Little, yeah. Chunk. Yep. So this definitely stands by those I mean, I almost feel like it's most... I mean, less so now, but yeah, definitely... 80s, early 90s. Yeah. It's like they write... They really just don't hang out with the fat kid. Right. (laughs) It's like they wrote plots back then going, you know, fat kids watch movies too. Maybe we should put one of them in a movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So that they have somebody to relate to. But, uh, so yeah. Without without giving too much away, that's kind of going to be the end of my review because the ending of the book was definitely different. So pick it up, one through five, read them all in a row, because that's what I did. I caught up last night and read them all in a row, and it is just way better when you can read them one right after the other like that. So that's it. All right. Well, the other book that I want to briefly discuss is Batman number 30, and it is another interlude to the War of Riddles that's going on between the Joker and and the Riddler, and I have mentioned a little bit of, so of the series. this has nothing to do with the metal. No. Well, actually, something why I was like, do I talk about this? Do I not? The next couple months is going to be all Batman for me. Yeah. They've been doing amazing things. Even in uh, Detective, uh, what's the whole full Detective Comics or whatever, oh, yeah. where they were talking about uh, uh, shape, what's Clayface, like trying to have a real arc of becoming a good person, everything like Batman is doing so many fucking cool things through all the books, the metal particularly, Mm -hmm. uh, not only that, but also like more of the doomsday clock and seeing some stills of him picking up Rorschach's book. Like I'm still, still on the fence a bit of, do we need to have that happen? But if it's going to happen, having Batman get this book of these these events happen in this universe or wherever. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. That's going to be interesting. Uh, we have Batman, uh, the White Knight, coming out also in October, so in a couple weeks. There's a lot of Batman stuff. In this War of Riddles, I cannot explain enough that people need to be reading this. Um, it is a great dynamic. All of Gotham is, is pretty much under... Not even martial law, because the villains pretty much are running amok here. And in the last issue, and I don't want to get too much even into what's going on there, because this is an interlude. Uh, Number 27 was also an interlude that had the origins of Kite Man. Do you remember me talking about Kite Man? No, but he was actually in an episode of Gotham. One of the most (laughs) ridiculous Z-listers ever. I mean, he's the person that worked for Aerodynamic Place. He... Pretty much his shtick is he can fly around on a kite. So oh, he's a parasailer. Yeah. <laughs> so almost like I, I almost like kind of think of him as like Arthur from The Tick. Almost ah. he's like he's a villain, but he doesn't seem to be like that type of a, a per. Well, he's not even really a villain. He's kind of he just kind of flies around and poops on people from the air because he's not really that bad of a person, like a bird. But when you hear his tragic uh, st- origins in number twenty-seven of Throughout this war, the Riddler coating the strings on his son's kite that then were lethal and killed him, you're like, holy shit. Within the last uh, issue of the war, we learn that Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. Batman, but... What? (laughs) Spoilers. Yeah, I mean, Bruce Wayne was... well. It honestly was. It was a dinner, dinner for two, aka the Riddler and Joker. Bruce had him over at their ho- his house, and he was going to give a million dollars to one of the sides. Right. Yes. And and because of that, uh, would tip the war in someone's favor. Really, it was you know him trying to figure out who he, who's he going to kill though, because one they both want to go get Batman. That's the whole thing that they're fighting over. And now Batman's realizing though. 
whoever he kills, the other person wins. So who's he going to go after? So who's... he's literally going to kill somebody? Well, not kill. I mean, go... Oh, I was like, I'm whoa! Thinking, well, it made it pretty much seem like in number 28 with uh, all the people dying that he was pretty much going to have to end it, end it. Mm, so interesting. he's going after someone. And this story kind of sets up, especially with the background, more or less where Batman's going to choose. So within the next issue, we're going to kind of see uh, what Batman is doing within this war um, to go after, and Kite Man is part of that. So I don't want to give more away than, than I already have. God, but... I mean, you already blew my mind with the Batman and Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> next you'll tell us that Alfred was in on it. <laughs> I'll tell you later, but he knows. Uh-oh. He knows. <laughs> so yeah so this this again batman can do no wrong right now um he is killing it uh dark knight's metal number one was the largest grossing comic of august yes uh dc did have a slump within their well nothing is getting back up to the rebirth uh numbers that they had last year right unfortunately i mean and it's kind of sad i mean they do those events, so they see the the jumps. But I want to say they're doing still well mm-hmm. and consistent, um, but not those numbers. But yes, uh, Batman Dark Metal was awesome. I did get to read it after you told uh, me. Yeah, what'd you think of the Justice League uh, Transformer? Power that Ranger that was thingy. kind of hilarious. Yeah, I thought it was pretty. I funny did feel too. a little like out of place of like what I read in like the Forge and the casting like. Where the fuck are they at? Like, maybe if they would have shown them, like, right before fighting, like, right. so it's kind of brought out of it. But, yeah, that was... See, we didn't read the Forge or the casting, so that did not, was not something we had to Yeah, model. but you've heard me talk about it enough that you know yeah, what the story is going to be about. if I remember your stuff that you say, then you're wrong. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> right, I mean... I don't remember what you were just saying. <laughs> Good thing we have a recording. I know. Of it. I know. I know. I know. I know. Um, I have a bar back this week, actually, that I want to throw a shout out to. All right. Um, so a couple months ago, I reviewed Destiny New York, number one, volume one. Fucking awesome book written by Pat Shand about. A girl who was magical and fulfilled her destiny at a very young age come to terms with being a formerly magical girl, also a lesbian. Very well written by a guy who's not a lesbian female. Um, But so Destiny Volume 2 is on Kickstarter right now. And I threw so much money at this thing already um, because I'm very excited about it because the first one was so good. So... Uh, again, by Pat Shand, um, of, what did, I'm trying to remember what company it was that he, Xenoscope, Pat, just from Xenoscope, he used to do a bunch of stuff with them. Um, so right now it's at $18,647. Their goal is $20,000. It has 19 days to go. I'm not necessarily concerned that it's not going to hit its target. It probably totally will. But more than anything, you guys should totally check it out and if you haven't read one now is your opportunity to get one and two at the same time because they have one of those on their level and you will not be sorry it is so good so go to kickstarter search for destiny new york volume two or pat shan and it'll come up and there you go sharing the wealth of my knowledge with all of you (laughs) do you guys hear about star wars Two I things about Star, about, about Star Wars. I have heard about Star Wars too. Fuckers, let me finish <laughs> my sentences before you keep butting in. Did you hear about the rift of Star Wars and Episodes Nine's director? No. Colin Trevorrow. No. So, uh, okay, he's, so he's this out. is not this one. This is the one after. This yeah. is going to be, what, 2019? Yes. Yeah, because no, yeah, every two years. It's supposed to be the yeah. last Star Wars movie, right? No, they're going to keep fucking making In well, this trilogy of yeah, things. Yeah. I mean, they've had this one planned out since remaking them all. Right. So, 
he's out, and it brings up some other issues of the Boba Fett uh, director. I forget who that was that was going. He's out, and that movie's not being done. We Aww. just have the Han Solo uh, director a couple months ago went out the door. He did? I don't even remember Yeah, that. because then Ron Howard stepped in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you do remember that. So with those being said, what's this leave for the future of Star Wars and what's going on behind the scenes? Like, yeah. Who's the dick running all of this that nobody can work with? Right. It's George Lucas. No, I know he's not running it anymore. No. Maybe secretly he is. Yeah, secretly he's like, I want to direct he, You again. know what? I was going to say, he's totally sabotaging everything. So yeah. he can just, so finally they're just like, George, just come back and do the movies. And he's like, yes. Jar Jar Binks, you're in. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, maybe, yeah. Well, maybe they want. He doesn't. To... He does not deserve to do this anymore. No, he doesn't. He's not. lost the privilege. Yes. <laughs> He's not a fan of his own work. That's fair. So, with that being said, though, like I know they're going to eventually get a director, but what is going on with Hollywood and these hot properties? Like DC's had those problems too. Yeah. And it it's going to come down to I I don't think Star Wars movies can really do no wrong. I mean. It is very much one of the few properties that is all, I mean, original and going forward. Like, all these other big blockbusters are based off something else. So you have all this canon to pull from where Star Wars is paving the path of, like, something new. Right. The Star Treks even are kind of rehashing some of the old stories, but in a new way. Star Wars is new. So new, anything, new. Yeah, new, new. So whatever they do, I'm going to enjoy this. Hopefully. Even with the crappy director, but are the studios, you know, holding on too tightly to their Probably. IPs? It's yeah. and it's also it's a lot of I think it's a lot of pressure for a director to be on these sometimes. You get a lot of these um directors that they're hiring haven't necessarily done huge franchise movies like this like they if you do look at joss whedon yeah with the avengers yeah know. he did an i thought he did an excellent job at them mm -hmm. on that movie but he still got fucking all kinds of shit for it well and he just it was too it, much for him working with the, all of the notes from right. the from the um studio mm -hmm. and, and everything and i think well that's why john favreau stopped directing those movies yeah the iron man mm -hmm. movies but I think um, it's important to notice, though, like, if in, if you don't pay attention to who's directing, if you're just a person going to see the movie, you're not going to notice right. with a lot of these movies. It's true. They, like, J.J. Abrams came in and he set the tone of the look and the feel of Star Wars mm -hmm. with the first and movie. And they're not going to stray too far from And they're that. not, no. Maybe less the producers, the producers won't do it. Well, well, that's the thing is he didn't even do that many lens flares the first movie. <laughs> Not like he did with Star Trek. And when he stopped directing Star Treks, they kept up with the lens flares. That's because true. that was the tone <laughs> yeah. that he set with it. Yeah. Um, blinding. Uh, <laughs> I, so that, I, ne that's, I never that's really knew how, ma how many times I've seen lens flares in movies until yeah. people started talking about it in Star Trek. And then I'm like, holy shit, that does happen a yeah. lot. Yeah. It was it was very intentional, and then I forget about it until people talk about it. like I'll watch movies and it doesn't even register in my mind. Yeah, and then I'm now just remembering all these fucking space yeah. movies where that happens. Lens flares. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're they're a must for for anything. Anyway, so that's <laughs> my point: is it almost doesn't matter who the director is, right? And it's just, and you know, like I said, it's a lot of pressure, I think. Yeah. So people get through it and it's just too much and they bow. And you know, the trend seems to be they get a movie halfway done, somebody bows out, a more well-known director steps in. So mm -hmm. the guy who was doing the Han Solo movie stepped out, now Ron Howard's doing it. Yeah. The, um, I mean, Zack Snyder stepped down from the Justice League movie. He was pretty big as it was, so that's not really a and comparison. Had but Joss Whedon reasons. stepped yeah. up to finish that one. So, I mean, who knows? This industry is that industry is fucked up. Well, here's the the juxtaposition. Does that mean that's the one good, thing? That's another? a good word. Yeah, it's not duality. Nope. <laughs> okay. Of what I was just saying about Somebody holding a tight. Holding a tight grip. Yeah, I just have two, <laughs> two circles. Two words now, yeah. yeah. 
with with uh, which is kind of why I was going on with that one of are they holding on too tight to their properties is IDW has just come out with an all ages Star Wars comic book, which made me go on a Google path of what Marvel's not doing this right because IDW no Dark Horse had Star Wars prior right. Well, yeah, well, that, though, then everything went to Marvel. Right. Marvel, Like, well, everything went to Disney, and then Disney owns Marvel, so they were doing everything. So it, it, it got me as kind of being kind of odd that they would have another company do something like that. Except for IDW has been very great with the toy lines of comic mm-hmm. books, mm-hmm. and if this is going to be more of where they can kind of... Uh, cross pollinate synergious kind of go together and I think he spilled something on his thesaurus. <laughs> Pages are sticking together. Yeah. And <laughs> really loves his thesaurus. <laughs> but these are going to be canon and these are going to be original stories following around uh the people from the, from a new hope. No not a new hope. What was the last one? Uh, uh, fuck, what the hell is the last Star Wars BB-8 movie? Uh, whole fuck, Star Wars uh, BB-8. Uh, Force Awakens. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and and uh, uh, <laughs> you guys call yourself geeks. Hey, we. Josh is just thinking secretly. I am the smartest in the room. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they don't fucking know Star Wars. So is this gonna be a BB-8 book? Oh, it's gonna. Well, it's mainly following around. The first issue just came out this past week, which is what really kind of made me, when I saw it, go, "Oh shit, this is strange." Like I said, the IDW's doing it. Uh, I don't. There's not much that explains why they they got it. It's just they kind of reached out hmm. to them. IDW's wanted to do something like this, so this is the only other people that are doing comic books uh, like this. But again, it is a more it's more of a cartoony uh, vibe for it. So it is, when they say all ages, that usually means more geared towards kids. Right. Um, young teens. yeah. But like I said, uh, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, the art does look pretty, pretty good um, within the comic book. Uh, oh, yeah. Almost like it's a Cartoon Network kind of. Uh, it totally looks like a the clone the clone series Clone War series mm-hmm. a bit, um, except for the more CGI. That's my Star Wars news. So X Force has a writer and director, uh, a writer and director that they got for X Force is Drew Goddard. Drew Goddard um, has done Daredevil. He's the show creator for Daredevil. Oh, okay. So, Netflix series. Yeah, not the shitty Ben Affleck movie. Um, he also did Cabin in the Woods. He wrote the screenplay for The Martian. He wrote the screenplay for World War Z. Uh, he worked with Jaws Whedon a bunch on Buffy and Angel. He did some Lost episodes. So I'm actually super excited about this. I think that it is a good choice. And I think he seems to have enough. I mean, Daredevil doesn't have any real humor in it, but Cabin in the Woods did. And if he wrote with Jaws Whedon, then he definitely has probably that underlying like snarkiness to his writing i don't know if x-force needs comedy in it i think it does a little bit no it, i think it should be a black ops no i think in, you need a out. little bit of comedy if you're gonna put deadpool in it, it okay well but there here's the thing let's just Deadpool. The whole overall feel shouldn't be a Guardians I mean, of the Galaxy. But no. I think that's gonna be Ryan Reynolds but just improvising. Well, but listen, it's not just Deadpool though. The interaction between Deadpool and Cable is the best. Like yeah, but with, with the comic book series of X Force though, yes, Deadpool is Deadpool, but he is not written the same way that he is as in the Deadpool books. He is way more serious. He'll have a one liner this and that's that. That's not gonna happen in this movie though. Because everybody loves the Ryan Reynolds Deadpool, so he's going to be that Deadpool in this movie. You know he's going to be. Then I feel like it should be called Deadpool in the X-Force. But like, d- not necessarily, but you still have to have that wonderful interaction between those two characters, because that's my favorite part of the whole Deadpool Cable thing, is the Cable's super seriousness against Deadpool's ridiculousness. And I think you need a writer... 
somebody who who has maybe worked under Jazz Whedon who can kind of combine those two. Because Angel and Buffy were mostly serious, but they always had like an underlining... I thought you were going to say that Angel and Buffy were like that serious and goofy. Oh, no. <laughs> they had underlying like, humor. No, yeah. You know, they well, no, always... they, had, they also, they had people in their group who were humorous. Right, right. Exactly. They had Xander. Yeah. Xander wasn't funny. Xander was pretty funny. He was funnier than Willow. Well, yeah, that's fair. I think Seth Green's character was pretty funny, though. He was. He wouldn't last like for he, very long. Yeah, he did yeah. not have the count. No. Like... They gave the funny lines to Xander. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It wasn't Giles. <laughs> he had a few funny lines. Yes. Yeah, so, but I think that's a good choice. All right. Well, something that I thought we could have easily transitioned to when I was talking about all ages and kids, but you didn't pick up the what I was throwing down. No, I did not. Uh, Marvel is, is having a new kids-focused uh, comic universe. Going along with what has been already shown within their uh, cartoon shows and everything on, uh, fuck, whatever channels. I know my nephew watches it and everything. Uh, they are now having an imprint where they are going to have these younger uh, heroes interacting, but at least on the pages to read. Uh, I do like this mainly because, I mean, my nephew loves... Uh, comic book characters he loves spider-man he wears i'm proud to say this but i got him a spider-man shirt that i picked up at a comic-con like a couple years ago knowing that he was too small then but he's the perfect size now he wears the shit out of that and it makes me so proud as an uncle tony's nephew is 25 <laughs> <laughs> but one of the you broke Tony. <laughs> well, one of the one of the things, and this is kind of going on with with how uh, the success that DC's had of the superhero girls and everything for a younger uh, market. What I love is that I can now talk to him more about uh, superheroes because he's he's five years old though. I can't give him a comic book because he can't really read all that well. Um, and especially giving him anything Bendis writes, he will have no fucking clue what the hell they're even making sense. But, um, what Mar Marvel is going to do is, uh, getting into this kid market. Most of these are going to be, um, heroes revolving around Spider-Man. So he's going to be kind of the big, um, middleman and all these other people are going to come on board and kind of join him in his, uh, it's good. His hero-ness. Um, Aside from the D the superhero girls thing that DC had, they've always had a, a very young age. I can't remember the name of it. Connor used to read them all the time. It was like the they they were in elementary school. All of the little sidekicks and stuff. They were very young. They would they had a treehouse club. It was like the, oh, Kids Next Door. It was kind of like Kids Next Door, but it was DC. It was a comic book. Okay. Put out by DC. And I fucking can't remember the name of it right now. If Connor were here, he would totally know because he has like a hundred of them. But they were always very cute, not super wordy, had activities in them, you know, like puzzles and stuff for the kids to do. So, and he really liked them and it got re him reading comic books and reading more than anything. So I am always for uh, Marvel and DC and all the comic books. Uh, imprints doing stuff like that i was a little off in what i was saying i did read up on they're gonna have comic books and all these things i guess it is starting off as the show to have everyone introduce it so okay. it's gonna be like the i can't remember the show is the mighty might ducks no not the mighty ducks oh. there is a, a cartoon show already for younger kids but not based on preschoolers like mighty this Boosh. brand is gonna be with them, they have like kind of more fatter hands and the heads, and they're more short like and squatty. Like the superhero squad. Yeah, yeah, that's a show. Yeah. Why didn't you say that? I'm to sorry. Begin with? I could. <laughs> they those were based on toys. Well, I know yeah. that, and there's a toys of them, but that is more for yes, younger kids. Definitely is. And then this is going to be even younger, younger kids yeah. for that. Those shows were awesome. Well, that's, they, I've watched them. I know. With, <laughs> they were so And my good. brother recites them to me all the time when we hang out. <laughs> Those were really good. Ah, very cool. Something for, for our age that I'm quite happy about. September 14th. Yeah. Futurama is coming back. Oh. What? 
for one night only. Actually, you'll be able to download it later. Uh, Nerdist uh, is pairing up with creators of Futurama to do a radio show. Mm. Let me... Uh, future... Or, oh, fuck, what's it? Uh, radi- Radiorama is what it's going to be mm. titled. And they're going to have the um, everyone that was voice actor and stuff come in and do kind of like an old-timey radio uh, show. It's going to be a podcast. Well, yeah, it's going to be, like, they're going to release it then, but I find it great that the cast is coming back. There's already been the the World of Tomorrow's, like, microtransaction game that just came out Mm -hmm. this year. Uh, There's a lot of more people talking about Futurama. It's been four years since it's been off the air, but then again, too, we had a four, five, ten year hiatus. Yeah, Yeah. that show's shit. Fucking love that show. I know everyone loves it except for when they need to tune in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the the more recent was on Comedy Central, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When it came back, and it's always rough when they're on cable channels because well, even before that, they had the four but... movies that they mm. put out throughout the year. That one year, that yeah. which then reintroduced yeah. it to people that said we want more of this, and then right. But even Comedy Central, I think, canceled it. Twice as well, probably because yeah, Fox had it first, then Comedy Central had it, then Comedy Central canceled it, and then they brought it back. And then jokes that they have of that show of getting canceled also priceless. Yes, mm-hmm. it's just the writing on that show is great. I think it's better than The Simpsons. Yeah, it, it, at this it's point, different it than is. The Simpsons. I think it's better. I mean, the humor. <laughs> I think to me, I to me, The Simpsons is always been kind of pushing the boundary of acceptable family viewing. I remember when I when it first came on, I was very young, and it was not allowed to be watched in my house growing up. Um, Futurama pushes it even further. Like, well, yeah. I would totally... When Connor was little, I totally would have let him watch The Simpsons, but I don't think I would have let him watch Futurama until he was a little bit older. Hmm. Well, I don't yeah. think... Well, I don't know. I think I almost would have, with the antics of Bart in the first seasons... I mean, I honestly... Who's kidding? I would let my kids watch anything anyways. <laughs> but I would look at that a little bit less than, like, Slurm or, or Nibbler or anything else that Futurama had. It seemed kind of tame for the most part. I don't think he'd get the jokes. No. A half of them. Right. But yeah. I like how my future kid is a he that I'm... You just assume. Yeah. Tony just assumes he's going to have sex at some point in the future. (laughs) Hey, did you guys hear about uh, this? Uh, I got some news. So, uh, it's it's not really comic books, but it's comics. Sinai and Happiness. Okay. They um, have a Kickstarter out right now for an adventure game. Ooh. They are putting together. If you saw or played, as the case may be, um, South Park and the Stick of Truth or the Fractured Butthole. Um, <laughs> butthole. Butthole. Uh, it's basically Butthole. like that. It's basically going to be a game like that, an adventure game. With um, stick figures. Well, kind of. Yeah. It's pretty well yeah. it like, you know, it's going to be pretty well drawn from from what I've seen so far. Um like the the whole landscape and yeah. everything. Um anyway, you should definitely check out the Kickstarter. Uh I don't know I know that they just hit their $300,000 goal Jesus today. Jesus fucking Christ. They well, I, of course they're going to hit their goal. Well, fans. I'm pretty sure it was in 4 days. Because they, they still had 26 days to go. I don't go. know why people put anything so, else, anything out without Kickstarter anymore. Yeah. So, like, that's within a few days that they got $300,000. I was one of the $20 donations that bought um, the first three chapters of this game. So, basically, the first three games uh, for 20 bucks instead of the $30 each. Cool. That'll... It means we be. get to play that in the future. So I don't know if any of those are still available, but they are going to be doing some more stretch goals. So Fun. definitely take a look at that. They're hoping to release it December of 2018, around the time Han Solo movie comes out. And to give an update, our 
Kickstarter for our new uh, <laughs> soundboard. We're up to 37 cents, guys. 37? <laughs> it's like row. more than double, triple from last week's 13 cents. We're killing it. Yeah. We're killing it. Uh, so you guys want to feel really old? I do I every... Uh, well, uh, wait. How old? Like, <laughs> just like feeling kind of old well, or hysterical? Right old? now, I feel like the youngest person in the room. Sep- you are. <laughs> uh, September 5th, so earlier this week, uh, was the 25th anniversary of the debut of Batman in the animated series. Oh. Which I know was an integral part in my childhood. As mine. I would imagine both of yours as well. I, I, I just wanted to bring it up because it made me feel really old. And also, without this show, this, I mean, this show is a huge part of fandom. Yeah. Batman fandom. It gave you Kevin Conroy. Mm-hmm. His fucking Batman voice is iconic. When I hear Batman, that's who I hear is Kevin Conroy. I wish I could remember, like, I remember it now, but I can't get freaking Christian Bale like this no. out of my mind. Where's the trigger? Like, I wish we could get <laughs> Give it. me that trigger. <laughs> you uh, know he never said that. <laughs> it gave us Mark Hamill as the Joker. Moved him out of Star Wars fame, yeah. put him solidly in one of our other favorite fandoms, and gave us Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Without this show, there would be no Harley Quinn. Some may argue now, maybe that's a good thing. But <laughs> so I just, I just wanted to mention that I can't believe it's been. It's such a tie. Like we just, I feel like we just watched some of it recently, and that show holds up. Really? Yeah. No, this is a little bit ago. We watched a couple episodes. You and I did? I believe so. Hmm. God, Josh, we you need just... to stop hitting the beer, man. You're killing right? me with brain cells. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, the only other news I wanted to bring up is it's a rumor. A rumor. I whispered and I forgot we were using not the... <laughs> not the good mic. <laughs> so everyone just probably heard... <laughs> um, Hawkeye is... Rumored to be Ronan. Be Ronan in the movies. He's gonna become Ronan in the movies. Oh. <laughs> Do you know who Ronan is, Josh? Yes, but I bet we have some listeners who don't. <laughs> Ronan is a persona that multiple people have had uh, within the Marvel universe. Um, it first started with uh, Echo, the character now known as Echo, who pretty much is uh, a, a deaf woman who kind of has photographic reflexes, uh, Maya Lopez, and she had the mantle of Ronan at first. Uh, Clint Barton got it uh, way back when the first Civil War happened and the Avengers were on the run and we had the new event, the other Avenger yeah, books. Yeah, he kind of, he disappeared and then Ronan showed up and it was one of those things for the longest time. Who is Ronan? Yeah, who, yeah, who is this character? Right. That was... Me and when me and my brother would love in the Avengers books and everything. Oh yeah. So we know a lot about Ronan and just that character, um, and and who he, who he was then. I mean, we've had some other people uh, since then take up the mantle of Ronan. So there's been a couple other key people in the Marvel universe. One of which was, uh, I believe, Blade was secretly uh, Ronan. But regardless of that. That Clint was Ronan, and that happened within uh, when he was on the run. Is this because they're on the run now? Is this going to happen at the end? Like that he just secretly had this? Because I think right. it's going to be Hawkeye in the next movie, even though he was on uh, Team Cap and right. everything. But I've also heard something bad's going to happen that's going to make him turn into Ronan because he was a lot more of a a ruthless dick. You know, yeah. he's, I mean, he's still a good guy, but he pretty much kind of... He became kind of like an anti-hero type yeah. when he was and Ronan. And Ronan doesn't use... So the, the the cool thing about Ronan when Clint was Ronan is Ronan uses swords. Like, he doesn't... He's not an archer. He doesn't use those skills that Clint has. So when I was reading that series, like, the fact that it could have been Hawkeye never even popped into my mind. There was like a million... I think Daredevil. Well, I think that was the original one. People thought it was supposed to be Daredevil originally. But it was just really cool. And, I mean, Hawkeye doesn't get a lot of play, really. He's kind of like a background character. 
a little bit. Don't tell Mel I said that. Um. <laughs> well, what I was going to say, though, within the movie, he's got a wife. Right. And what tragic thing is going to happen that's going to turn him to this? Mm-hmm. Like I said, the rumors were that something happens. And is his wife going to get the comeuppance? Like, that would be kind of tragic. That would make him yeah. kind of go this way. Is it just the hiding and having a different persona? Don't maybe, know. Maybe he gets it on with uh, with um, Johansson. Yeah. Well, he'd ha- and, well uh, if he does Black that, Black he, but him being a good person though, he wouldn't cheat on his wife. That would set up then that he could later on because oh no wife yeah let's bang yeah which I that's what I truly feel everybody wants been, them to hook up I know and I. I don't know. I, I like that he's kind of wanting to get out of everything. And yeah. What was that? Oh, that was Age, Age of... No, that wasn't Age of Ultron, was that? What fucking movie was that when they went to his house? That was Age of Ultron. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Because they he had left and they wanted him to come back to help. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, isn't Scarlett Johansson still dating the Hulk? Here's Mark the, Ruffalo? Yeah. Here's the thing about Black Widow. is She's not ever really dating anybody. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And that was the biggest complaint about that movie was um, Hollywood feeling the need to attach her to somebody romantically yeah. because her character is not really like that. She she does have guys that she keeps going back to to hook up with, Hawkeye being one of them. Um, and there definitely is a connection between those two characters, but like forcing some sort of romantic connection between her and any of the male characters seemed pointless, but yeah, 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 yeah. Um, one thing that I thought was kind of interesting in what's coming up uh, September twelfth. So this podcast will be posted like just right before it. So I guess if it already happened, then look back on it as a cool thing and still give to the victims of the Harvey Relief Fund. But there's a giant. Uh, nationwide telecast to to raise money for that and uh what was going to happen was there was going to be a a new york uh premiere of kingsman the golden uh circle uh that fox and realized why would we like let's not have that premiere let's because everyone's going to be tuned into their tvs anyways are people going to really be talking about this the glitz glamour they're still going to have their london premiere which is like on the 18th and everything else but let's let this night be about the the hurricane telethon and then they're donating all the money that they were going to do you know the food the ritz the lights and everything to the charities of the hurricane as well so fox pat 20th century fox pat on the back that is that that's commendable that's Mm -hmm. very commendable because they could have just been like i mean the people who are coming to our premiere aren't going to watch the telethon they very easily could have came to that decision and they didn't and it's it's nice. Good when they sometimes have a conscience. Yeah. When the nice. studios. I wonder if they're still doing that just for Harvey or if they'll do it for Mark. They're probably going to have another. I mean. Because well, you folks in the future. <laughs> yes. Know how Irma <laughs> turned out. We still don't know. We here in the past. Yeah. Have no idea what happened to Florida. So yeah. is it still there? <laughs> <laughs> that would be terrible if we're just talking about, man, I want to go to Disney World next week yeah. and stuff and then. Come when we post this. <laughs> Disney World is no more. Oh, and... That would be very sad. I, I mean, I know it won't destroy... Well, it will fuck things up, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Hurricanes, man. Hurricanes. All right, well, Booze in the Book this week is a new uh, fantasy series um, coming out uh, called Scales and Scoundrels. It is an all-age book, and actually, the uh, reason why I was I loved it was even the cover, which is what I feel is our best on tap this week because, well, we don't always do that, which I've said many times, we will forget half the time, and sometimes we just don't see good art. But this was an amazing uh, color, which I loved. Now, the book is written by uh, Sebastian Gurner, who uh, wrote Shirtless Bear Fighter. Yeah, that's a weird... He's doing shirtless bear fighter and this, this all yeah, ages. Yeah, that's book. only had book two or three yeah, just came out three, too. Yeah, so it's a whole other property. It's a you know it's 
Scales and Scoundrels, it's kind of the rough uh, people of a fantasy world. It's the rogues. Yes. Yes. Which is always awesome. It has a good balance of uh, kind of humor as, as for books for younger all ages mm-hmm. should have, um, but also some uh, action adventure. So we are going to pair this with what I feel is an amazing uh, booze, and that is Dragon's Milk. Uh, special reserve with s'mores. Because, mm. A, dragons, dragons, mm. that's just right there in the scales. Right. But the s'mores, that is just like a golden, like, treasure trove. How are you saying this word? S'mores. 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 Cool whip. S'mores. S'mores. <laughs> cool whip. Yeah. <laughs> What? You just got it all wrong with cool whip. <laughs> you sound like the next door neighbor and family, family guy. guy. <laughs> the, Come over here with that cool whip. Oh, God. I was to do it like how uh, uh, Stewie does it in, in that cool one whip. episode. Cool whip. Whip. <laughs> Brian, Brian, do you want some whip? Some cool whip. whip. All right. Anyways, so uh, a the the beer, which is not uh, it, there's a reserve kind, so they only have a couple barrels of right. it, a couple bottles of it. So definitely go get that as well as pick up the book. Nice. Uh, pro tip: if you boil down dragon's milk beer and make it into a syrup, you can mix that with vodka and cream and make yourself one hell of a white Russian. Oh. Yes. When did you do this, and why did uh, you not invite last me? Last weekend we did this, and it was delicious. Yeah. Last weekend? Yeah. So, like, when we recorded, you could have told me about that. Yeah, I could have. Yeah. I could have. I have some extra syrup. I'll bring you some next time I see you. Okay. I'll bring you some of that syrup. It's not as sweet as Kahlua, so, which is, I think is fine, but it is really fucking good. All right. Well, uh, until next week. The time has come. To to say say goodbye. Well. (laughs) To all... Of Florida. Oh my god. <laughs> Again, this is before I-R-M. whatever happened happened. Yes. <laughs> We're making I-R-M-A. friends this week. Relieb <laughs> Durstig. Let's stay thirsty in German. Oh, he's practicing. Card management tip. Empower others to command when you are unfit. You never know when your mind will be taken over by an alien.